This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting to hold politicians accountable for better health care. Find out more at carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. How the vaccine hesitant come around to taking the jab, one woman's story. And seen any good shows lately? Are enough of us ready to go back to live music and theater now that they are about to welcome audiences back? But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. New research predicts that the number of people with dementia will triple worldwide by 2050. According to the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington School of Medicine, global dementia cases will increase from an estimated 57 million in 2019 to 152 million in 2050, with the highest increase coming in eastern sub-Saharan Africa, North Africa, and the Middle East. They attribute the huge increase to population growth and aging. It's a competition to foster professional caregiving for China's rapidly increasing elder population. This week, local authorities in Shanghai kicked off a senior care vocational skills competition, which will put contestants' knowledge of nursing and rehabilitation skills to the test. The contest is open to all senior care workers in the city, and the winners will represent Shanghai at a national competition, which is held every two years. Some people love it. Some love to hate it. But now a study from the National Bureau of Economic Research in the United States found that Uber decreased alcohol-related traffic deaths by 6.1% and total traffic deaths by 4% in 2019. The researchers estimated ride-sharing saved 214 lives in that year. At 66, Australian equestrian Mary Hanna is the oldest competitor at the Tokyo Games and the second oldest female Olympian ever. Older riders are not unheard of at the Olympics. Canadian Ian Miller, the 74-year-old equestrian icon, retired in 2019 after competing in a record 10 Olympic Games. Young or old doesn't make a difference, says Mary Hanna, If you're fit and healthy, you can just keep going. Everybody that calls in the next 30 minutes will also receive absolutely free my new sausage-making attachment with spices and casings included. He was the king of late-night infomercials for decades. Ron Papil, an inventor and pitchman who persuaded millions of us to buy the Vegematic, Pocket Fisherman and dozens of other products we had no idea we needed died on Wednesday in Los Angeles. He was 86. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. 
Vaccine hesitancy is declining in Canada, but recent polling shows that between 17 and 20 percent of Canadians still need to be convinced to get their shots. Why are they fearful and what makes them come around? I talked with Petigay Batten, an executive assistant at the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario, who recently rolled up her sleeves. Let's go back to the beginning. What made you hesitant about the vaccines? Well, honestly, first, when um, I heard that there was going to be a vaccine and stuff like that, um, initially I thought it was just done too quickly um, and that it would be ready too quickly. And then a lot of religious kind of reasons kind of came to my mind in regards to how I was brought up and um, then being a Christian and stuff like that. And, and like I said, I'm Jamaican. Um, and usually when we, um, in terms of like the flu, cold, cough, fever and stuff like that, we kind of tend to go to more natural remedy, right? So instead of going to the doctor or even getting um, medication and stuff like that, we'll do natural remedies first. Um, before going to anything too medicated or dramatic and stuff like that. So that played a part as well. Um, And also, I just kind of wanted to wait and see what the side effects were and what would happen um, if people started taking it and stuff like that, just to wait and see and hear um, people's experience with it, with the vaccine itself and stuff. So that's kind of all the things that kind of got me hesitant um, to take in the vaccine. You mentioned that uh, it might be in your church. Were other people in your community also hesitant? They were. Yep, they were. Um, it was discussions that um, me and my peers would have. Um, we go to the same church and stuff, so it would, was, it would be discussions and stuff. But then again, we wanted to wait because we weren't sure. Also, you know, there there are, uh, especially in the United States, some minority communities that have had very bad experiences uh, being experimented on. What was was that a factor at all? Uh, no, no, not at all. I, I didn't really. Yeah, that never crossed my mind. How much was it uh, because of the misgivings you had on your own, and how much was it because you were talking to people? in your community who also were hesitant? I think it's 50-50. My own beliefs and then clearly uh, my friends and I have this very close friend that kind of, um, he kind of dug into it and did his own investigation and stuff like that and kind of made me question a few things um, and stuff. So I I would say 50-50. On the other hand, it's pretty ironic. I mean, you work for the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. So what did you find at work? Were you open at work with how you felt? Yeah, I was very open. And, and that's the thing. Like, I am the executive assistant to Dr. Doris Grinston. So we have a very close relationship. So um, we will talk about it and we will be in senior management meetings. And then at one particular staff meeting, she did ask um, if any of us were hesitant and would get it. And I put up my hand. I was very honest. I said, honestly, right now, um, I don't think I would get it. Um, I'm still getting a little bit more time. And she would try to educate me about it and all the other staff members who are actually nurses and some who have already gotten it. Um, who kind of just taught me through it and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so it was very ironic. But Doris was very supportive. She wanted me to be extremely comfortable um, and for, me, for it to be my decision to get it. And stuff. so, yes. So how long did it take? Well, I got it two weeks ago. Was it, is it two weeks ago or maybe a week ago? Two weeks ago, yes. So it's been a while, because <laughs> I remember when I went to get it, um, the it was a PSW. She was like, oh, you're only here for your first shot? 
not your second shot? I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, you're late. And I was like, I know, better late than never. <laughs> I think I would have been eligible May, June, okay. late May, early June. And and you waited till July, so not yes. and uh, not too bad, yeah. And uh, so it took you a couple of months. Uh, mm-hmm. You got used to the idea. Now tell me about it. What was it? What, what was it like when you got it? What? Where did you get it? What shot did you get? So I got it at Scarborough Town Center. Um, I actually got Moderna. Um, it didn't matter to me what I got, yes or no. Um, but yeah, it was the process was very smooth. Um, I mean, my arm hurt was sore for a week, um, but other than that, everything else was fine. And uh, did you tell other people in your community that everything was fine? Yep, I did. I also um, made I tweeted about it, um, and I also followed up with another tweet saying that it's my it's the second day after my shot, and I am up. I am able to work because um, I know some other people had like um, fevers, headaches and stuff like that, chills. Um, I didn't. I may have had like a slight headache, but I couldn't tell if it was because I slept late. I went to bed late. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's just a sore arm for me for a week. Um, but yeah, it was good. And I did tell my friends that I got it, and they're proud of me as well. And um, I think because of that, one of my other friends went and she got it yesterday, Sunday. And so, so yeah. So that's good. You convinced one other person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What would you like to say to people who still may be hesitant? Um, I think it, 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 it has to be a personal decision, right? Because, again, I did struggle with it. I know I only waited two months, but basically once they announced that it was available, I was already saying no. Um, but just take the time to read up about it um, and make sure you're listening to credible sources um, and stuff like that. And just look at, look at the people around you because at the end of the day, I made the decision because I wanted to be, I wanted to protect the people around me, right? And um, I know of, of people that actually caught the virus and the after effect, effects weren't good. Um, and personally, I know that I'm not a healthy person. I don't really necessarily eat well or even work out. So I wouldn't want to be, um, um, get the, the, um, the virus and stuff. So um, I made sure to do my part um, just to protect myself and others around me. Great. Thank you so much, Pettigay. No worries. Thank you so much, Vivi. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. That was Pettigay Batten on how she overcame her hesitancy about getting the vaccine. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, Reopening the Arts. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting for financial security for our seniors. Find out more at carp.ca. Last week, museums reopened their doors to the public. You can already go to the movies, and theaters are preparing to welcome back audiences in-house. Are you ready? And is this enough to help our battered cultural sector recovered? I talked with Claire Hopkinson, Director and CEO of the Toronto Arts Council and the Toronto Arts Foundation. The biggest challenge for the live-performing arts sector was the insecurity and the lack of clarity from the provincial government until very recently. And and as you know so well, Libby, it takes 
weeks and months to actually prepare production. So without clarity about what, say, stage three would look like, a lot of performing arts companies are still now scrambling to... um, to get their work to a readiness to present. Now that we're going back indoors, it's going to be distanced. Is that going to make sense financially? Uh, such a good question, Libby. For the small theatre companies, it's going to be extremely different, difficult because um, it's a 50% capacity. And so, as you know, in some of the more um, newer work venues, uh, it may be 100 seats. Uh, so having only 50 people a night may not be worth it uh, financially. But for those that can, they will. You know that. Art, art will out. <laughs> we are seeing um, a, a lot of work still digitally because it was in production. So I encourage people to still go online and see some of their favorite companies do work digitally as they prepare for reopening. Some companies are not coming back uh, to live performances until the winter. Others are coming in September. I think right now we are going to see really more uh, focus on, on outdoors. I am soon going to go to my first indoor theater performance. It seems a little, you know, maybe, I don't know if dangerous is the right word. So what's your sense of the willingness of people to return to the theater? So there are constant surveys starting right now and it's the numbers are changing with the with with as as more people become uh, comfortable with having a second shot and they're over the two-week wait, waiting period i think there's a greater and greater comfort level going the last statistics uh, that i have in front of me um is that um 26 percent uh one in four uh culture goers are are willing at this very moment to go to an institution as soon as it's open, whereas, say, nearly 40% will wait four to five months. I predict that uh, in a month's time, with the vaccination rates uh, getting, getting higher and higher, we'll see a greater level of comfort. If it's only one in four... Um, culture lovers who are ready to go back now, will some of the people who are starting to perform, will they even get to 50% capacity? Well, if I, if I could answer that, <laughs> I, I, would, I would have flocks of people coming to my, my, my crystal ball. It's not necessarily one in four for each organization. It could be a much higher a higher interest from a particular group to see a particular artist. So um, I think organizations are going to have to reach out to their clients, to their audiences, and, and say, are you ready? And see what the, t- what the take-up is. Um, and it's going to be a lot of testing of the water. We've been hearing a lot that people should expect that for certain, say, large shows, they'll have to show proof of vaccination. Do you expect that in our local arts venues? I have not heard that yet. I have not heard uh, a a real uh, focus on, uh, say, a vaccine passport yet. Um, It has really been more about social distancing and health protocols. Do you think it would be a good idea? Personally, personally, I believe 
that a vaccine passport would be a very good idea. I think the public really do want to know if they're gathering with others who have been vaccinated. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Claire Hopkinson, thank you so much. Well, thank you. And thanks for going out to the theatre. I hope you really have a wonderful time. Okay, thanks. I'm sure I will. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Claire Hopkinson of the Toronto Arts Council and the Toronto Arts Foundation. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Weekend Review is produced by Zeev Huddy, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.